when we fall in love, it is my conviction that falling in love gives us access to a vision of that person's true magnificence as a human being. Welcome back to another episode of Voices of the Goddess, where brilliant women come to take a break from their successful and sometimes overwhelming lives to level up, live free, and create abundance. If your hectic life has you feeling a bit lost, if you're building your career brand or business, or if you simply want to get the most out of life, this podcast is for you. I'm your host, Julieta Wenzel, founder of Body and Soul PT and Soul Candy. And I'm your co-host, Graciela Laurent, professional portrait photographer specializing in boudoir and personal branding. Whether you're relaxing with a cup of coffee or running around town, we've got you. Whatever you're doing, thanks for bringing us along and sharing a laugh. Here comes the magic. Hello again. We are live. I love that we get to do this live and then it gets edited and it gets put on a podcast. Oh my God, it's like so much everywhere. The world can never have enough of us. I was just gonna say, you can never say, I didn't see the podcast. I didn't hear the podcast. I didn't see that like, it's available everywhere, everywhere, everywhere. Oh. You know, I <laughs> think like- Shout out to all the teachers that told me I talk too much. Ha ha ha. I don't think I was ever told that, but, um, it's, uh, I, I still think sometimes like if, if someone had told me five years ago that I was going to be on all these podcasts, I would have like laughed in their face. <laughs> and here we are. I think this is like episode 214 or something insane like that. So super cool. Super cool. And it. just cause it's the theme of the day, I'm going to ask for help once again, if you're listening to the show, please like it, subscribe, and share it with your friends because it's so amazing. <laughs> well, and it helps us expand our message, right? I mean, think about it. If if it's the only way things spread, if you're enjoying it, that means, you know, surely your um, group of friends might enjoy it as well. And so just help us get the word out, you know? Um, doesn't cost anything and uh, we can make a bigger impact. So, yeah. So I heard your son has a quote for us that he wanted us to share. You know, bless my children's hearts. They are so much a part of everything that I do. Just the other day, Facebook memories came up and it was a picture of my kids when they were like six or seven attending board meetings, you know, and things like that. And so they constantly hear, you know, me talking about the podcast and our retreats and our cacao ceremonies and whatnot. Um, and they're going to be such brilliant adults because of all their exposure to all of this. I hope so. Either that or they'll go total opposite. You know, I, I always say everyone <laughs> finds something to tell their therapist about their mother. So, you know, I'm sure they have my plenty. mom. She dragged me to board meetings when I was <laughs> six years old. So much knowledge, it was too much. Um, so anyway, so the other day, uh, when I told him I was recording today, he goes, Oh, are you gonna use that quote from the other day? And so, you know, I'm constantly screenshotting things off social media or sharing TikToks with my kids. Like it really is um such a great teaching tool when used properly. 
And so um, he loved this quote. And so Aiden, this one is for you. Do credit. He's learning all about giving credit where credit is due. Um, so this was his idea to share this with you guys. And it's a Buddha quote. And it says, when you like a flower, you just pluck it. But when you love a flower, you water it daily. I love that. And so true story. I don't like getting flowers because like it breaks my heart that like someone shortened the life of this flower by cutting and giving it to me. So people who know me and want to give me flowers, they know and they give me orchids, which mm -hmm. I love because then I like once they're done blooming in the pot, then I take and I plant them in my um, Hong Kong orchid tree out in the backyard. So they, they get to be, and I'm all excited because they're all like shooting up, you know, they're going to flower soon. So that's exciting. But, um, but that's a great also, you know, to get people to understand like, what's the difference between like and love and how, like, it's so simple. Like, how can you not understand it? I think it takes, um, again, I think it takes a conscious effort. You know, if you think about when you like someone, um, you know, you might like them because of all the things that you see that you have in common. But if you love someone, it's seeing all the things that make them unique and make them different and letting them have their time and their space to do the things that they want to do. And likewise, right? Like, um, when I hear my friends are dating someone new and they're obsessed and they want to know where is this person and what are they doing, et cetera, et cetera. And half the time, I don't even know where my partner is. I'm like, oh, he's out. He'll be home later. I don't know, you know, because it's just not part of our DNA to be, you know, jealous and obsessive and all that kind of stuff. And, and for me, that was a big difference between love and like. Um, but just to circle back real quick to what you said about the flowers, I kind of have been feeling that way about Christmas trees. Like I love a Christmas tree. I do. Um, this past year was a little difficult, so we didn't do one. But, um, when I see the really big Christmas trees, like for the giant hotels and, you know, all the big public center, <laughs> to know that it's a tree that's been around for like a hundred years. And they chopped it to look pretty. That that hurts, you know. That that one hurts a bit. Not gonna lie. Yeah, I just want to say one more thing too that just was like popping in my head when you were talking about loving and liking, and then you brought up kind of, um, you know, loving and liking other people, and how often do we behave certain ways, do certain things to get other people to quote unquote like us when we want people to love us like we get to be our authentic self and then the people who are meant to be in our life will just be there because they love who and what we are and um makes life so much so much easier so much deeper so much more loving all of that it well this goes back to how i keep saying and i'm gonna keep drilling it till y'all put comments in there telling me to shut up about it but <laughs> Life should be pleasurable. Like, you know, having these experiences should feel good. It shouldn't be a task, quote unquote, getting someone to like you. No, all you got to do is be yourself. Like, that's it. You know, like attracts like. So, yes, yes, yes. Anyway, all right. who are we meeting today? Ooh, this one's special. I mean, all our guests are special, but this one's special. Here we go. 
Matthew Anderson, welcome to the show. That was a really good introduction. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> look so at this gentleman. You, what, what did you say? I said, look at this gentleman. So distinguished. Yes. He is a true gentleman. And um, we know him. I love him. I don't know if you if you know him enough to love him yet, Graciela, but um, but most of our audience doesn't know him yet. So would you please, other than this one, this one I know loves him too. Um, <laughs> but would you please introduce yourself to our audience, tell them a little bit about who you are, what you do, and what keeps you passionate about what you do? You'll have to pardon me. I'm still recovering what you said, Julia. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't even call you by the right name. I got so touched. I'm supposed to tell you who, what I do? Who you are, what you do, and what keeps you passionate about that. Do we have a few hours? <laughs> I, was, I was thinking in answer to your question, because you, you sent me a list of questions you guys often ask, <clears throat> which I thought was a great list. And um, then when Graciela gave the quote, I forgot about that stuff. So I was, I got so involved. I really liked that quote a lot. And I think that just to comment about that so I can let it go. It, that was, I loved that one. I've heard it before, but it was nice to be reminded of it today. And it sounds like if I like a flower and, and I love flowers and plants too. So if I, if I really, if I like the plant, I cut it and take it home and that kills it, shortens its life which in certain ways is kind of a narcissistic act. But if I love it, I forget about myself and I want to, I want to enjoy it having its blossoming, its life. And I think that's a wonderful way to be with people. And that moves me to what I really love to talk about. Well, one of the things anyway, is I thought it would be nice to talk about today, is relationships, love relationships. 2024 marks year 54 that I've been working with couples. Wow. I saw my first couple in 1970 wow. and I had no freaking idea what I was doing. then. <laughs> I don't know how <laughs> they survived, but I love working with couples. And one of the things that, that I wanted to make sure that we talk about today is something that is clearly important to both of you and, and your podcast is the power and the importance of feminine energy. And so I'm sure that most of the people watching, I hope, have an understanding that I'm not talking about men and women. I'm talking about the balance of male and female energy, yin and yang, and how crucial, the part that I, I love to talk about is how crucial bringing the balance, the, the inclusion of feminine energy into a love relationship. And... People don't wake up in the morning and say, boy, I'm, I feel so wonderful about my marriage and my relationship. I'll call Matthew. They don't wake up like that. <laughs> they wake up and say, damn the person I'm next to. Maybe I better call Matthew before I go to jail. <laughs> so they show up in my office, and which now is online in the last year. I'm 100% online like this. Wow. And I love it. It's, it's incredibly wonderful because I get to see people where they live. You know, they come into my office. It's like, it's like you want to understand elephants. You don't go to the zoo. You go to where they live. And it's so much more wonderful. You know, I get to see the kids running by, the dogs barking. They're in the cars or in the houses. I just talked to a guy this morning. 
and he's walking around the block in his neighborhood. So, but I think that they come in and it seems to me to be one of the most important things that is either damaged or missing from love relationships that are suffering is honest and open, heartfelt vulnerability, which is clear, which clearly comes from the feminine energy in us. If we don't have it, we communicate from our heads and we don't touch our partner and we're not touched by it. And so we spend a lot of time uh, working in couples. The word I like to use a lot is the word precious. I need to come to see a sort of a way you're talking about that flower that I, I need to see the person in my life that I think if you're married to them or you're committed to your relationship with that person. Oh, and by the way, this applies to heterosexual relationships, to gay and lesbian relationships, because one thing that I've observed for years and decades, really, is that every love relationship has one person that's more masculine and one that's the most feminine. Everyone. And so it's always present. It needs to be present. There's the balance. And so I say to them, look, you're having trouble with this person, but this person is probably the most important person in your life. They're going to have the most important impact on you. What if you started thinking of them as precious? Precious is not a masculine energy word. It is not. And I'm not putting down the masculine as a place. But I thought today if we could focus on the feminine energy, it could be useful to everybody because I would say everybody is in need of a deep and meaningful love connection. And also the second piece is one of the people I love to listen to these days is Gabor Mate, and I'm sure you guys probably know about him. He says we need two things when we come in this world. We need an attachment, a loving attachment to other people. Not a lot, but some need to, some that are really important. And we also need an authenticity to ourselves. Well, they need to be combined in some way. And I think that's an art. It's not a science. That's a masculine way of looking at it. It's an art. It comes from the heart. And we need to have a balance. And so if I think of you, who, who is the person who is my partner, and you just put her picture up there a few moments ago. I think of her as precious. I think of our relationship as precious. And so, and if I'm going to be authentic and healthy, I also need to think of myself the same way. So there's, a, there's three precious parts to it. The other, the relationship, and myself. And so if I begin to develop an open heart in that relationship. One of the things I've also noticed is, and this is feminine energy really in its essence, is how much of her love can I tolerate? Mm -hmm. And I like to say it that way because one of the things that I often say to clients, particularly in the beginning, is that the way we are treated in the first few years of our lives causes a, a kind of a, a formulation of what I like to think of as a container for how much love I can accept. If I'm treated with neglect, if I'm treated badly, if I'm treated inconsistently, if I don't have enough contact, especially in the beginning with the mother, who in the beginning, as a man, I, I, don't know, I didn't like this idea when I first heard it, but it is so true, it's unbelievable. The mother's more important for the first, at least the first two years of my life. Way more important. Dad comes important. He's really important. But in the beginning, 
I was in her body. I heard, I felt her heartbeat. I vibrated with her. And I came out. She had to be my first love, but I felt her love. Are you familiar with the book Mother Hunger? Mm-mm. Every woman, well, not just women, because it's true also about men. Everybody who's a human being that's listening to this. <laughs> Let me back that up. If you're under 25 years old, I don't recommend you read it. Maybe some of people in there, maybe you need to be under 30, over 30, because it is powerful. Her name is Kelly McDaniel, and she wrote the book. She's a psychologist, and she just works with women. But I read the book, and in, in the first, she says that in the first 1,000 days of life, mother hunger, the first 1,000 days of life, guess when the first day of that begins? At conception. We are being affected by what's going on in the mother the moment the sperm enters the egg. I think that's miraculous. In the first 1,000 days of our lives, we are impacted so powerfully. Now, she doesn't say the second part really in the same way I'm going to say it, but I believe she, if she was talking to me, she would agree. How, the, how I'm affected by my mother in the beginning creates my container for how much love I can tolerate. Now, if I get a lot of love, I got a big container. But what happens is I come, some people come out of that with a container is about this big. I just grab what's usual and is using one of these around. And so I don't know this. I just live this way. And then I meet this person that I fall in love with. When we fall in love, it is my conviction that falling in love gives us access to a vision of that person's true magnificence as a human being. Their God-given presence of the divine in that person. We have the privilege of seeing in that person when we fall in love. And when it's mutual, they feel that about us. It creates the ecstasy that we feel in the beginning. Now, then what begins to happen is this begins to operate. Over a period of time, you're loving me like, oh, my God, you're so wonderful and blah, 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 blah. And this says, nah, can't take all that. You're trying to pour this much into this container. I am unawares, unconsciously, this starts to assume power. And I start interacting with you. Then instead of saying to you, I want all the love you have to give me, I go like this and I go like that. I go like this and I go like that. And it starts to shrink down until it fits. And you know, this is not enough love to sustain a romantic, deeply loving relationship in this world. That's not enough. We need really and truly something bigger than this one, a lot bigger. And so the more I can work on, and and this is the feminine part, the feminine energy, it is the feminine that opens. It makes me a container for receiving love. Now, what we do is because we don't know about that little small container, we start interacting with our partner in a way that hurts, that harms, that alienates, that isolates. And the love start, the space starts to shrink. I, I, we've all had that experience. And then instead of the most precious person in my life, you become freaking annoying. I, I know couples, and I used to be in a relationship like that at one point, where all she had to do was just chew wrong, and I wanted to strangle her. And I know she would feel that way about me sometimes. So as we, as we learn to access the feminine in ourselves, as we learn to invite now i'm calling it i i would assume that probably the the top level of the way to describe that is 
as I access the love and the energy of Divine Mother and make myself more a vessel for her divine contribution to me, and to make myself a vessel is a feminine idea. I become the vessel, I become the thing into which she enters, then I'm more able to receive the love that you have to give me. And I'm not just talking about the person I'm married to. It could be, you know, when Julietta said, I love him, a part of me started to cry in thankfulness. I, I got touched. I would say 30 years ago, I would have noticed it. I would have appreciated it, but I would not have let it in mm -hmm. as much as I possibly could. And so there's a little exercise in speaking of things that people like to do. I started doing an exercise three, four years ago. I, I know exactly if I had to look it up, I can look it up on my phone because I made a recording of it. And since it's going to be recorded, maybe people can use it. I think it takes 32 seconds. It is, I listen to, I close my eyes and listen to it. And I try to be fully present, like you're in meditation, being present with your mantra. I try to be fully present with it. And it goes like this. I open my heart completely to all the love and support that wants to come to me. And I let go of all my resistance to receiving that love and support. And I surrender to and celebrate my full blossoming in all the years and days I have left to live. I listen to it five or six days a week in the mornings, usually two, three, four times in a row, because if I start to drift when I'm doing it, I go back and listen. It's only 32 seconds, you know. I can listen to it five times in less than three minutes. It's had an enormous impact on helping me to do this thing that I've been working with. That is inviting. I mean, I would say the way you might call it in a more uh, psychological way, you'd say maybe uh, feminine energy, but spiritually, I'd say that's inviting Divine Mother to, to open me to receiving that. And I say the three parts. One is I want to open as much as I can. So instead of opening like this, I get a little more like this, a little bit more like that. It makes me also aware, based on the second part, where's my resistance where does this part of me, this little container, show up in my interaction? And that would say to me, Graciela said, I love you, and I say thanks. Or I take a breath and let it in, and it touches me more deeply, and it nurtures. The research says every single part of my brain, my heart, my immune system, my general health gets nurtured by that comment that I allow to come in. That's a feminine action. Then if I send it back to the world, we might say that is the masculine balance that sends out that thing I have received because it's not supposed to stay here. It's supposed to pass through, nurture me, and then come back to you. So second part helps me look at my resistance. Where does it show up? There have been times that I've noticed, uh, I, you put her name up there as Doris, but I call her Sunny because she's like sunshine to me. So people who know me who don't know her first I always call her Sunny. So she can hug me, and I can tell when the, whatever the container is inside of me, whatever size it is, when it's full, I like to let it go a little bit longer to expand it. And I've gotten very sensitive to that part of myself when people are saying, I love you, and how much I can let it in or when I go like this. And it's helped me over the years, specifically since I've been using that little meditation to do that. Now, the third part, might seem, well, I don't think you guys 
would have a problem with this, but people listening might wonder, well, what's the third part about? The third part is if you allow yourself to be truly nurtured by all the love that comes to you, you will blossom. And you were put here for that. You were put here to blossom, big time blossom. And so I'm convinced that if I, my job is to open and receive the love and support and people who walk around in their life thinking there's not much love in life or just have been hurt so much they can't see it. You start to open your eyes to it. I think there's there's much more love and support that wants to come to us than we could, for the most part, possibly handle. There's no shortage. And so if I allow it in, I begin to blossom. Now, if I do those things, what it creates in me is what I have come to believe is really a natural state of being. And when I think about it, I think it's, it's a pretty outrageous statement to say or to think, but I'm guessing maybe you both might agree with me. I think that ecstatic love is natural human state of being. And so how often do I feel that? It used to be about that much. It's growing. And every time I, I'm sorry, I got the giggles today. <laughs> uh, I feel that when couples begin to realize that, they open to the feminine. This is one of the most important parts. There's two or three really important parts. But if I had to put the number one, I would say this is probably at the top. Although maybe they just circle around and it's not like that. That's more feminine, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Instead of linear, it's circular. Okay. So I, I just got a message that I should pause. Is there anything you need to say? <laughs> I'm sitting here going, I have never seen this before. Graciela has just sat there and smiled and listened. You have her captivated. <laughs> but I do. I love Jeez, everything you're lovely, saying. And Look at that. Um, I love that perspective because uh, I was so, 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 so blessed to have, you know, a most loving childhood um, the most loving mom, my, my love vessel is huge. Like, <laughs> and sometimes I wonder like, maybe that's not okay either. My vessel is too huge. I need, I need too much, but you putting in that way has helped me like under, like I see people who really struggle to receive. And now I have this different understanding, like that, that vessel that they were, um, you know, I don't know if you want to say born into or, received from their their childhood nurturing is small. And so I get to be a little more gentle with presenting my love to them because, yeah, it can be a lot sometimes. Well, and I, you know, one thing that someone said to me a long time ago was, um, you know, sometimes if you have a sunburn, even a hug hurts, right? So Good point. I like it. Same, it. It's the same thing as having a small yeah. container. Like, you know, it, it's also like waiting for the other shoe to drop. Like, that's not something that people say and do for the fun of it. It's not a conscious decision, right? It's a trauma response. You know, that's that's really what it is. And so, I you mentioned Gabor Mate, and I I love his work, and I love watching him and and having him talk because I think we're so uninformed on trauma and how it shows up in each other's lives that we're not recognizing it. And so I try and hug you 
you immediately are hurt by it and you push me off and you think it has to do with you when really it just has to do with me. And here we are, you know, generations of misunderstanding, right? And then everyone coming from their own perspective. Well, how could you not receive all this love? Look at all this love I'm giving to you. It's so freeing and it's so wonderful. Let me hug you. And then other people are like, I can't be touched. It's too much, you know? And so it goes back, Matthew, to your original point. Um, and yes, Julieta, uh, he does have me captivated. Um, you know, of being your authentic self all the time. And, you know, it's not just make room for um, Friday night dates with your spouse. Like, yeah, that's, that's beautiful. Cause I get it. Life gets crazy during the week, right? Take the kids to school and go to this and handle your business and whatever. But I think more important, it's being authentic in each of your interactions and always coming at it with compassion and curiosity. You know, why, um, you know, I, I, is my love overwhelming? Do you need a minute? You know, like really picking up on those things from each other. Um, that was a beautiful way of describing it, Grazio. I love this statement about sunburn because some people are like scorched earth and it becomes the total opposite experience for them of being touched, of being appreciated, of being cared about, even compassion can feel threatening because that is so sensitive. And I love this start with the sunburn and then work. Trauma is like dealing with a burn victim. And so I think we might want to start or maybe take another step in whatever healing and growth we're doing. If we said, what's the earth around my heart like? Has it been burnt? Has that piece been shrunk? Not according to me, not what I did. Not is anything necessarily wrong with me. But as a child, I came in completely open, unprotected in my mother's body. And then things happened. No way did she intend. These things happened. And we start to get burnt. I think the good news is it's all healable. It's all healable. And sometimes it takes some work and it takes some courage, of course. One more thing that I just got reminded is when it comes to couples, the other thing I want to say is my experience is couples work is the hardest work to do. It's excruciatingly difficult because we are now in relationship with someone who knows us intimately. And once it starts to get difficult, has no compunction in exposing to us the very stuff we work really hard at not having exposed. And I work with people together and then separately back and forth, usually like if you guys were a couple and you would come to see me, the first time we'd meet for an hour, hour and a half as a couple. And then the next week, ideally, it's not always like this, but ideally, then I'd have separate meetings with each of you. And then we'd come back for a couple. It's like guy who says, if I said to you, you know what happened to me last night? I said, what? This guy, he pointed a gun at my head, put it right to my head. And you think, holy crap, what happened? And then I say, well, I was practicing for a play. And you say, that changes the context and the meaning of that. That's couples counseling. One person says, he held the gun to me and he said, yeah, but it was in this kind of circumstance. And they become expert at what's wrong with the other person and pretty blind to what goes on with them. And we don't really have to go there right now. But 
the other thing I want to say about couples is so I'm not misunderstood. I've come to have a deep conviction that when there are problems and success in a loving relationship, it is a 50-50 deal. There's never an identified patient. There's never an 80-20 or 70-30. It's 50-50. Sometimes one person is a lot more obvious in their 50%, and I have to work with finding what the other contribution is. But if you have a lot of drama going on with one person, it's easy to think of them as what we call in the business the identified patient. And that is one way to be lost and not make progress. So my goal is to have them see themselves as partners who are sharing the responsibility in keeping this precious. And that each person has equal power in that. And they really do when you start to see it. And when they both get that, it takes off. It becomes really beautiful. So I know there are a lot of pieces of that we could talk about. And I don't think I let you finish, Gracie Helen. Was there something else you wanted to say? Oh, don't, don't open my can of worms, Matthew. I could do this all day long. <laughs> uh, we are we are running towards the end of our time together, but I, I would like to, and thank you for the opportunity, just say one more thing um, leading from the, the trauma part of conversation, because I know a lot of people hear the word trauma and think something actually traumatic happened, right? My parents beat me or my, I don't know, a terrible car accident, or I was raised in a certain way or et cetera. But I think more importantly, when you expand that definition to mean um, a habit that you grew up with or a ritual that you grew up with, right? A little example, for example, in my house, um, when I was growing up, love was defined as, for example, talking to each other at the dining room table. And the dining room table was the hub of uh, interaction. You know, the time spent around the table was really important and it was a time for us to talk. Well, my partner, who I've been with for 18 years, his dining room table was a place to go eat and then leave the dining room table and then spend time together. So for him, spending time at the dining room table is quiet time right? And for me, spending time at the dining room table is talking time. And it took some time for me to realize, oh, he's not disconnected. He's not, you know, sick of hearing me talk. He's just not, was not raised with this. So that wasn't traumatic for him to grow up that way. Quite the opposite. They ate fast so that they could go do something fun together, you know, and they had their, their, my dining room table fun was had in their garage, you know, where they all the guys got outside and they worked on their trucks and they did their things, you know. So um, when we talk about listening to how the other person needs to receive and what they're putting out, trauma doesn't mean that something bad happened to you in your life. Trauma, I think, can include that, but can also be expanded to mean an experience that you had that shaped the way you experience life. I, I would to add to what you just said, there's two kinds. There's the big T, like you described, really horrible things. There's the little T, which would mean chronic, not so good, dysfunctional treatment on a regular basis can shape us. A lot of times it takes a while to even learn that it's having an impact. I grew up with a father who did not talk. I never heard him make a paragraph. That had a tremendous impact on me. And thankfully, I did what we call in the business reverse modeling. Obviously, I'm talking a lot now. And I have him to thank 
for that. But a long time I experienced it as real lack of love and care. He just wouldn't talk. He didn't know how. And that's exactly, I think, in support of what you're saying is we need to pay attention to that. I think our sensitivity to ourselves and learning how to have compassion for ourselves as well as other people is an access of feminine energy because it's allowing ourselves to open to empathetically to the experience of the other. And this world needs a lot of that. Amen. Ah, this was a great show. Ah, like everybody who watches the show should pay you for their therapy session, Matthew. <laughs> Learned so much, so much. So thank you again for joining us. It's been such a pleasure having you. And um, I think we'll probably have to have you back again sometime. Anytime. I love being with you both. God bless you both. And if you've enjoyed this episode, please do us a favor, hit that like button. Um, yes, it makes us feel better. And also it helps us continue our uh, mission, our work um, and spread this good message. So you don't have to send Matthew money. You can send him a like and that will work for now. <laughs> I will let it in to make a difference. There you go. Thank you. Thanks for joining us today and keeping us in the top 10% of podcasts in the world. Ask us how you can promote your business on this podcast as a sponsor. And make sure you check out the show notes for details on how to get in touch with Julieta, Graciela, or today's special guest. We're sending you lots of love and gratitude. Have a magical day.